Hi there. This is the Woman Inspired Podcast and I'm Karen. Please put your tray tables up, your seats back, tune out the world and get ready for a not so mediocre podcast episode. Well, I hope it's not mediocre, <laughs> but today's episode is titled Better Than Mediocre. Before we jump right on into some mediocre talk. Let me share with you that I would love, love, love to be a guest on your podcast if you have one, or to speak at an upcoming event, maybe at your church or with your women's group at a retreat. So if you'd like more info on how to contact me, you can hop on out to womaninspired.com. That's W-O-M-A-N inspired.com. And you'll find out all the details uh, about uh, events that I have, about how to reach out to me and my social media links for Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and I'm slowly getting some YouTube videos out there too. I appreciate it. And while we're talking about womaninspired.com, let's talk about the other .com I usually bring up, which is accessmore.com. You could hop out on there later and check out other podcasts. If you like this one, I know you'll find something out there as well. They have all kinds of faith-based podcast, entertainment, education, theology, sermons, comedy, just all kinds of things that you would probably love to check out. I know you would. Give it a try. It's accessmore.com. Okay, we're going to start off with a few pod quotes. As always, they're quotes that kind of warm us up and they make us ready for the rest of the message in the podcast, kind of the stretches before the workout or the, the appetizer before the entree. Did I just make you hungry? Sorry. All right, here we go. Colossians three twenty three says, whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men. And here's a quote from Francis Chan. Lukewarm people do not live by faith. They've structured their lives so they don't have to. I love that. It's so true. Don't you, don't you find that true? Lukewarm people do not live by faith. They've structured their lives so they don't have to. All right. Mediocre is defined in the dictionary as of low value or moderate quality. Some synonyms to it are lukewarm, passable, and indifferent. Do you know that God doesn't call us to have a mediocre life he doesn't want us to live a life of low value or moderate quality. He made us to have value. We have worth because he made us. He made each of us with a special purpose and a path. But oftentimes we have, in most of our lives, many different purposes in each season. So are you unsure of what your purpose is or what your path is? It might be. I'm not sure because I likely don't know you very well or know you at all. But it might be because you're not having regular time with the Lord. Maybe you don't know and you're not hearing from him because you can't recognize his voice. In order to recognize someone's voice, including the Lord, you have to have a relationship with them and communicate with them regularly. So, or maybe you don't know because you really have been avoiding delving into what that purpose is out of fear maybe, afraid to move forward, or laziness, or because you're just exhausted. You're stressed. You're overwhelmed. Not that anyone listening to this podcast would ever be stressed or exhausted or overwhelmed, right? Or maybe you've just been convinced most of your life that living a mediocre life is the best you can do. Just kind of in the middle, riding in the middle. It's all you got. Don't have stamina for much else. And you've been told you shouldn't or you can't. That anything else is above or beyond what you're capable of. Because I 
there are a lot of people I've met at conferences and retreats who wholly, truly have been told that their entire lives and that's what they believe. I hope that's not it. But if it is, lean in a little closer. I gotta tell you, that was a lie. You were lied to if that's what you were told. I know for many years, I just kind of, for myself, I went on autopilot. I was overtaken with the stress in my life. And while I wouldn't say I was self-absorbed, I was pulled in so many directions. So I was other people absorbed. I was a people pleaser, a peacekeeper, not a peacemaker, two different things, a peacekeeper, a make everyone else smile all the time, no matter what happened um, to, to me or what was going on in my life or what God wanted me to do. So I put other people before God, plain and simple, not good. I ended up lost and afraid. So because of all that, I didn't plan very, very far ahead for many years of my life, which is fine in some sense. Well, fine if I just wanted to continue to live a lukewarm, mediocre life. But the reason I didn't plan very far ahead or think, uh, uh, you know, have any forward thinking was because there was so much going on in my day to day that I didn't think I could plan anything or leave any room for what God might want me to do. You know, so what was the point in trying to live anything but a ho-hum, day-in, day-out, mediocre life? I was too afraid. I was stressed and worried all the time. Too worried to do anything else. And on top of that, for many years, I was I was pretty sick uh, and unable to do anything except take things one day at a time. Now, the Bible tells us we should take things one day at a time. However, wisdom and discernment also tells us that we do have to invest ourselves into some sort of prior planning and purposeful thinking. It's not okay to just wake up for the day and just whatever comes next, comes next. You don't take care of your responsibilities. In this life, we have responsibilities and duties. They all come from some sort of blessing, right? Think about it. If you have a home, it's a blessing to have shelter, and sometimes it's a very nice home. And most of us who have a home, whether we rent or own, whether it's big or small, we do our best to take care of it, to keep it nice. With that blessing comes responsibility, like cleaning it, making sure that things are repaired if they've been broken, making sure that if we have a mortgage, we pay the payments or we pay the rent, making sure that we have our utilities paid, and all of that jazz. If you're married and you're blessed to be so, along with that blessing comes responsibilities, the responsibility of partnering with someone else and being on the same page with them, the responsibility of trying to have a marriage that stays in that blessing, the responsibility of staying faithful to that person in your mind and your thoughts and in your actions. Children can also be a blessing, but with that blessing also comes major responsibility as a parent. We have responsibilities as children to take care of our parents. So with these blessings come responsibilities. Do you see what I mean? So in this life, we have to think about more than just the now, the minute we're in. The scripture that says live one day at a time actually says in Matthew 6, 34, that's where it is. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That's talking about having the faith that God will take care of your needs and take care of the things that you're unable to take care of. Not that you should shirk your responsibilities and say, here, God, you do it all. That's not that. I mean, it's talking about you not worrying about tomorrow, but having faith that tomorrow is going to be okay, too. It reminds us that God is with us no matter what, not just today, but to tomorrow as well. 
It's not saying live one day at a time. So just the heck with tomorrow and the heck with our responsibilities. So slough off everything that is not in this present moment. That's not what it says. Because make no bones about it. God blessed you for a reason. And he expects you to take care of your blessings and responsibilities that come from them. Not leave them to chance. He just doesn't want you to borrow trouble and worry. Worry is different than being prepared. In fact, doing your best to be prepared and plan and walk in your purpose helps get rid of fear. It just does. You have room for the Holy Spirit to guide you. You don't have to plan everything to death. In fact, when we over plan, that's when we start to worry. There's a, there's a nice balance in there somewhere if you follow God's leading on it. That's the way God made us. But if we believe the eat, drink, and be merry philosophy, then we'll only think about the exact moment we're in. Oh, let's have a good old time and be merry for tomorrow we may die. That is a twisted thought that comes from the verse in Luke twelve nineteen. that's often quoted, but it's commentary on the attitude that we don't have to worry about tomorrow so we can do whatever we want today. That's what the attitude is. Forgetting that there actually are consequences if we make it to tomorrow. So yes, we're supposed to live, really live while we're alive and strive not to live a mediocre life, but not by living in the pit of rebellious attitude today. All right, so Revelations 3, Revelations, oh goodness gracious, Karen. It's Revelation, not Revelations. Let us not forget that. Okay, Revelation 3, 15 through 16 says, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. I can almost hear the exasperation in Jesus's voice. <sighs> Would that you were either cold or hot. I mean, like, come on, be one or the other, but don't just be lukewarm in the middle. Right? Jesus is talking here to the church at Laodicea about mediocrity. Mediocrity is living lukewarm, neither hot, neither cold. I don't want to be spit out. And in fact, the original word used here for spit is actually more accurate to what we would consider vomit. So if, like the Laodiceans, we don't want to be separated from the Lord and spit back out or vomited up, we need to heed the warning. These are people who were living with an indifferent attitude towards the Lord and the things of the Lord. They didn't heed instruction. They didn't observe the Sabbath or pray as they should. They were not living a life that was hot or cold. Now, that doesn't mean Jesus is saying he'd rather we live cold, distant, shut down, spiritually dead lives. But he uses this as an example to show that these people didn't even have the passion enough to choose one or the other. They just lived in the middle. Ho-hum every day, day in, day out whatever comes my whatever whatever that was kind of probably the attitude again a synonym to mediocre being in the middle and indifferent they lived with zero to no zest and zero to no passion for living the life that god wanted them to live and sharing the gospel i think about how we are supposed to live in Christ. It says in Philippians that to live is Christ and to die is gain, meaning to live the life we're called to by the Lord is to really live, to live in Christ. And if we're living in Christ that way, then were we to die, then it should also be gain. It would be gain for us that 
we would then be with the Lord face to face, but also gain for the body of Christ that our lives, even in our death, would have been a testament to the love of Christ if we lived our lives in the way he wanted us to. So to live is Christ. In other words, to be in him. And it shows who he is, but it's also gain, gain for the kingdom of the Lord if we die and gain for us. But let me ask you this. If we died after not living in Christ, would there be any gain? No, there wouldn't. There wouldn't. We're supposed to live in Christ. I shared the definition of mediocre and some synonyms, but now let me share some antonyms or opposites to mediocre. Here's some opposites to mediocre. Excellent, refined quality. Let me ask you, are you living a life that has been refined by the fire of the Holy Spirit? Are you being refined? Are you refined? Are you willing to be refined? Excellent. Are you living an excellent life because you're living in Christ? Is your life of quality because you know who you are and whose you are? And are you walking accordingly? I had a relative once who wrote to me frequently via email. Um, he passed away since, but we communicated back and forth on a regular basis. We talked about philosophy and literature, music, scripture. And, and one thing that he was extremely passionate about was making sure that he lived while he was alive. Making sure that at least parts of a lot of his life were not lukewarm and he didn't live in a life of mediocrity. He wanted to put his all into everything that he did and enjoy the many blessings around him. I loved his attitude and his desire to do that. And sometimes he got in his own way, even though he had that desire. I witnessed that for myself. He had a passion to travel and he traveled frequently. He wanted to see as many of the great cathedrals and holy places in the world as he could. But in between traveling, he would become kind of semi-despondent. He, he was not content in life. And so in between his great adventures and his passion that was being stirred up to walk the walk he felt called to, he would slip back into a place of extreme discontent and mediocrity. So this man, he was not content on a daily basis. He wasn't hot or cold in between the, the bursts of passion. So instead of putting time and energy into becoming more acquainted with the Lord, which is what I encouraged him to do. He spent the time between his travels living indifferently and without contentment. And it made me so sad. Now he did towards the end of his life become better at that and had a peace about him. Um, but before that, he lived many years with this discontentment. Philippians verse 4, uh, excuse me, Philippians chapter 4 verse 11 through 13. 13 is Paul talking to the people in Philippi while he's in prison. And he says, I am not saying this because I am in need for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Paul had a zest and zeal for life and for getting the gospel message out to people. Once he became a part of the body of Christ, that's what he looked for. Opportunities to advance the gospel, to tell people about Jesus, and that's what he died for. 
while I was traveling recently, had the blessing of having assistance while I was in the airport. I had injured my foot and in a large airport, it's pretty um, difficult for me to walk from one end uh, down to another end of the airport, especially when there are numerous concourses that you have to go through. So I had wheelchair assistance. The staff who assisted me with the wheelchair was one of those people um, whom you could tell did not live a mediocre life. She lived with this joy and this passion that just oozed out of her. She even told my friend and I that she just didn't see any reason not to enjoy even the littlest things in life like her job. She loved getting to meet new people and talk to them. She didn't act like it was a chore or, or a drudge to help somebody. And she loved to make people laugh and enjoy their time there in the airport. When she picked me up and, and I got in the wheelchair, she asked for my ticket so she could scan it so she would know what gate we were going to. And my friend said, oh, do you need my ticket too? And she said, no, she's the one riding in the chair. And then she began to sing, and so pardon my voice, she began to sing. She said, she's got a ticket to ride. She's got a ticket to ride, and you can't share. <laughs> we laughed so hard. Let me, first off, let me say, she had a great voice, whereas I do not. And then the trip to the gate was just a joy. Even on the tram from one concourse to another, she talked to us about how she likes to sing on her job. And just the other day, she was singing a song to whomever it was she was assisting in the wheelchair that day. And the entire tram started to sing with her. So no matter who she passed along that way, through through security, on the tram, up the concourse, she was so helpful and kind to them. These are the kind of people in life who help us to understand that no matter where we go and no matter what we're doing, if we can hold on to that kind of joy inside us and share it with other people, if we can be a person who's not lukewarm, who about our day in and day out, who's not mediocre while sharing the light of the Lord and sharing the joy that comes from the Lord, then we can make a difference in somebody else's life, even if it's a small difference, not only does it make a difference to our own walk when we put ourselves out there like that and we live with that kind of contentment and we live with that kind of excellence and refinement, but it makes a difference to other people. This woman was a Christian and she told us she was a Christian. She said sometimes she sings gospel songs throughout the day and she's never ever had a complaint. In big ways and in small ways, she allowed her light to shine through. And let me tell you, in the wee hours of the morning when you're getting ready to get on a plane and you have no idea how long the day is going to go, um, that is a blessing. She was definitely a blessing to my friend and I as we were getting ready to travel. I think about that woman and I wish that my relative, who so loved to travel and had a zeal and a zest for life while he was traveling, could have found that same contentment and zest in his everyday life in between the big, exciting things. I wonder, in the small things, in the little moments, in the, I don't know, sitting at your desk or writing an email or in the washing the dishes or folding the laundry or, or just having a conversation with someone uh, in the grocery store, are you lukewarm or do you feel a purpose in that moment, a joy, a contentment, a presence of the Lord with you that makes you know that you can be content and that you don't have to be complacent, that you can live peacefully, but you don't have to live indifferently. You don't have to live lukewarm or mediocre. Even in the simplest of things, maybe in reading a book or, or lying down to take a nap, 
or grocery shopping, cleaning the house, checking the mail, feeding the chickens, getting ready for church, whatever it is. And all those things, you and I both have the ability, the blessing, and I think the responsibility to not only be content, but to not live a mediocre life and instead to be an unexpected blessing to someone else. Maybe it's to send a text message that's funny or fun or uplifting to someone, or maybe it's to write an email or to make a phone call or, or just while you're going grocery shopping, bless someone else by putting a smile on your face or thinking of something joyful that you can share with them. You don't have to sing, but you could. By the way, a lot of times if you're singing, let me just put it out there, it doesn't matter how you sound unless you're in a competition on the radio or trying to make money off of it. You know, I've seen so many videos online on social media where people, they, they sing, but they don't have a great voice. But they're singing because they love it and they have some sort of zest and zeal for it. And, and they're doing something fun or sometimes they're doing it because they're being funny or goofy or joyful and they want to share it. And it's a delight to watch. It's the same thing with someone who dances who isn't that great of a dancer. Yes, some of those people who dance on social media and in those videos are phenomenal. They have honed their craft. Kudos to COVID-19 because it did them well in that they did uh, so many TikTok dances and Instagram dances throughout the years of COVID that they became great at it. However, some of them don't dance that well. But boy, they try and it is actually fun to watch some of them. These are people who appear that at least in that moment, they're living without mediocrity. No, you don't have to dance on social media to live a life that's not lukewarm. But there are many things each of us can do to not live in indifference, to not live ho-hum, to not live with our eyes cast down, with our spirits feeling like they're oppressed all the time. Maybe it starts with something small, like volunteering someplace and getting out of your own headspace, or maybe just making calls to people who need encouragement or posting an encouraging message on your social media account or texting someone or praying for other people more or reading the word more so that you're at the ready with some scripture and some help that you can point someone else to when they're in need or signing up to go on a mission trip, scared as you may be to do it. Just do it. So I guess what's on my heart and mind the most today is just to say that not just in the day to day, but also in how you allow others to perceive you and how you share the message of Jesus Christ with other people, that living with some zest and some zeal and some passion for the Lord is so important. You know, it's not just in what we say but it's in what we do. It's not just in the big things like getting up in, in church or in a group and giving your testimony. It's not just about standing on the street and passing out water to the homeless and sharing Jesus with them in that moment. Those things are wonderful and we're called to those things too. But we are called to ministry in our everyday lives. We are called to serve. We are called to volunteer. We are also called in the day in and the day out to live a life that is pleasing to the Lord, that is not in the middle that is not void of of some sort of fire and zest and zeal of some refinement and we're called to let go of the lukewarm we're called to let go of the mediocrity in our thoughts in our deeds in our actions in what we give and how we use our gifts and whether or not we are content like paul was content that's what's important. Maybe you feel like you're in prison. 
like Paul was, but in your day-to-day life. Or maybe you feel like you're imprisoned by your job, a job that you feel stuck in. Maybe you're at a place where you don't feel content. And so the only thing you've been able to do with, uh, with it is kind of slip into a place of mediocrity. Then let's pray about it. Pray into it and see if God is calling you to make a change in some way or another. If so, I pray that you will have the strength and the courage to walk where God wants you to walk and make that change and to take action where he wants you to take action. But if you're unhappy and discontent where you are because you're just used to living a lukewarm life and you don't know how to do anything but sit in the mediocre and you've had no desire to do more than that, then that's a whole different story. And you're going to need to pray for God to light a fire under you because action needs to happen. There's a whole different change within you from the spiritual side that needs to happen when you're living lukewarm, you know, between the hot and the cold. That change needs to happen from the inside out. And that can only happen when you tap into the truth in God's word and into the joy of the Lord. My hope and prayer for you and yours today is that you won't let another day go by without seeking the Lord's guidance on how to be more content in your day-to-day life and how to live a life that is far from mediocre, one that is excellent and passionate and truthful, filled with purpose, that's joyful and on fire for the Lord and for doing his work, one that seeks the path of purpose that he has for you, because I know he has a path of purpose for you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Woman Inspired Podcast. Till next time, I pray for you, blessings and contentment. Mm-hmm.